Hello and welcome to Be Powerful with Liz and Lee. It's a new day and we're so glad you're here. So you can expect to hear candid conversations on what it means to be powerful. Live authentically, live in the midst of ups and downs, productively, and above all else, joyfully. We are so thankful for you, our community of listeners, and we hope you enjoy today's show. Hi, Liz. Hi, Lee. How you doing? I'm excited about today's guest. I know. I'm so excited. Okay. okay. So if you're listening, I want you to stop listening and start watching <laughs> this because listening. you're going to want to watch this on YouTube yes. because this is a gorgeous guest and yes. an entertaining guest and you're going to need to, to see the visual. So in the words of David Letterman, this guest needs no introduction. However, he deserves one. So today we have the gorgeous, the multi-talented, multi-talented, the extremely funny, yes, intelligent and witty. Mm -hmm. Here he comes. Here he comes. Philip Squid. I told you you needed to go This meeting is being recorded by the host. Right. Good. Yes. And everybody's watching you now, Phil. So just be yourself. You are Phillips Wood, mm -hmm. yes. and I would just like to start with that because your for name. the longest time I thought your name was Philip S. Wood, and I thought it was Phil Phillips, like Phyllis, and mm -hmm. a gay man. So how's right. that going yeah. for you? So <laughs> brace yourselves because this gave me the thick skin I needed growing up as a gay guy in the conservative South. Um, my name is Frederick Phillips Wood the Third. My dad and my granddad were Frederick and Fred. So they, my dad didn't want like a little Fred, fat Fred, old Fred, young Fred situation. <laughs> little so Fred and bad. My name is Phillips, but the nickname for Phillips instead of Philip, like Philip would be Phil, Phillips would be Phils. So I was named Philswood. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mom and dad. That made life really easy. So it became Phil very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, but all my relatives, you know, call me Phillips. So, you know, it's Phillips. Oh. Or, Phillips or Phil. You know. Phil. We're just going to call We're it like whatever comes up. Phil's probably going to come out of my mouth more than anything else. But I mean, just about having a name called Phillips Wood and growing up in, where did you grow up? Where, where? Raleigh, North Carolina. Right. So with some of your booze, Ken Fett. Yes. <laughs> yes. One of our okay. cousins uh, I've known since I was born, really. You and you and you're connected. Yeah, he knows my family from Raleigh. I know her. I know her Raleigh peeps. Well, see, Raleigh. I'm not really quite as blue blooded as you two Concord. are. So you know, Concord, we just do the best we can. We just come right. up on cherry lemon sun drops and. You know what blue blood shit means nowadays? <laughs> one damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yes. Think you're so important. Guess what they've done for me? Seattle. <laughs> okay, let's do introduce your ancestors behind you before we get back to this. Uh, yeah, just give us uh, the. This right here is definitely an instant ancestor. I call him Big Bob, and I decorate him for each season. And because of the success and beauty of the Top Gun sequel, we have Maverick. So. He's wearing my costume from P-Town Halloween circa 2016. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> That's great. He looks great. I broke in aviators, but you can't see from That's okay. That's they're, okay. They're, they landed on the perfect spot. You now live in New Orleans. You grew up in Raleigh. I want to know, we're kind of all about like authentically living your best self and who you really are. Yeah. So who was... Phillips Wood growing up and take us through your coming out story if there was one or that progression. Yeah. It's so complicated because it's so simple. Mm -hmm. um, I just always was who I am. And, you know, what was considered closeted at the time really just had to do with not having a conversation with everyone. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So I, popped out of the womb like this, <laughs> um, put on my mom's pearls when I was five, 
perfect. It was all the thing, the costume, everything. I mean, I was very clearly born gay. And for whatever reason, the way I chose to, I don't even know if it would be considered conscious or subconscious. I just was who I am. Yeah. And um, did it. You always felt comfortable with that? You felt. I did. And there was a period of time, I mean, my mother, my mother and father definitely sent me to uh, the doctor. I'm sure I was like, Mama, I'm on a Barbie. And she was like, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, but what do you do in 19? 19- but she got you the Barbie, right? Very interesting. My, my, looking back on it, mom was very progressive for the time because mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't told it was wrong. I could have the Barbie, but I could pull the Barbie. Really, Barbie's just a metaphor. It was She-Ra, my obsession. Oh, God, <laughs> she was fantastic. And sister, princess of power. Yeah, princess of power. Oh, yeah, my daughter had all those. She-Ra. Yeah. Yes. Flag, y'all. You are the princess of power, Phil. <laughs> You are the embodiment. We call you She-Ra. I could have She-Ra pull her out from under the bed and I could play with her as much as I wanted after my friends went home and we did Mm -hmm. He-Man and the Slimer Castle and all that. (laughs) Did that? Fine, as long as it was by myself. And looking back on it, I'm sure it's my mom just didn't want me to get made fun of, you know? Got it. So she protected you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean... She'd be embarrassed that I'm even talking about this now, but there was never any sort of, this is wrong, this is that. It was very much like, keep that to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I would, I, I guess Lee and I are what I would call the transitional generation, really, where it's like, when we were little, it was bad. Yeah. As we got older, it was like, oh, it's not a big deal. So we're kind of that train. And now when I see, people with their children now, I'm just shocked at how, like, I'll never forget this one time I saw this lady at, you know, the cookie company that every mall has. Yeah. <laughs> you get the cookie cake and what, whatever, all that. And there was this little boy and he kept pointing and he wanted the little, he's like pointing, he wanted the little princess cookie. Yeah, right. And I looked at the mom, you know, she was clearly a redneck and she was trying to steer him for- You were clearly at the mall, sorry. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I shouldn't throw stones in glass houses, as mom told me, aren't we all rednecks? But anyway, <laughs> I told the woman, I said, honey, just save yourself a lot of heartache and just let him have the princess cookie. He's going to want the princess cookie next year. And <laughs> that's a great, that's great advice. Very good advice. That's good advice. I, I, but I know circling back, you asked me about coming out and everything. So growing up, I just was myself. Um, and in probably until about seven or eight years ago, I had this obsessive need to be liked. So I think that was my way of protecting myself growing up. Like, I'm just going to make everyone like me so they won't make fun of me. It's like I, I always knew I was different. And so I would make the joke about myself first. The best example, I could, I'm such a pop culture nerd, so, but, I, but I know Liz will know who I'm talking about. Um, remember the actor Paul Lynn? Uh, yes. He was the uncle on Bewitch. How do you even know that? Uh, I mean, there's a reason. Oh my gosh, that is a flat note. And I watched every episode of Bewitch 10 times. As I I often tell people, I'm an encyclopedic file of useless knowledge. Very entertaining knowledge. I mean, I think that's why I love watching your Instagram stories. You know, I'm having a tough day one day. I just turn on your Instagram stories and you crack me up. I mean, I think you're amazing. But so the actor Paul Lind, he popped into suggestions on Audible. um, And I'm like, huh? I mean, you know, these algorithms, they know who we are and it's terrifying. He came up as a suggestion and I ended up doing like a deep dive into him. And basically that's how I grew up. I, you know, he was the center square on Hollywood squares and he'd always put fun at himself. Yeah, so I would do is I would be the first person to throw the dagger at myself. Right. Because I was doing that in the 90s and he was doing that in the 50s. So, so brave. And um, so I would throw those daggers at myself when really there wasn't anything to hide. I, right. I wasn't doing anything I was hiding. And so I just was sort of myself. And then I got to high school. Things got a little mean. 
And I sort of altered course and did like a, hey bro, what's up? <laughs> one does what one has to I do. Mean, <laughs> not convincing at all. I mean, hey, uh, man, what's up? Um, oh my but God. you're good at that. You're a natural actor. You could, you could act. That had to be hard. Y'all, life could have been so different. I wanted so badly to be on the Mickey Mouse Club. And oh. I remember they had auditions in Raleigh. And it ended up being the one like Brittany and Justin and Christina, yeah. Harry Russell and Ryan Gosling. I mean, because th those were the people who were on it when we were little. Yes. Right. I, I just remember that coming to me. I was like, what? The Mickey Mouse Club is coming back? I'm like, what? I'm like, mom, can I try out for the Mickey Mouse Club? She goes, you don't even do your damn homework. <laughs> <laughs> so she didn't let you do that. So that was that. You would have gotten it. That's it for, you know, moms. Yeah. That was, if that's the worst thing your mom ever did for you, uh, to you, yeah. then you have had a very privileged good life, right? You didn't want to be Dina Lynn. Yeah. Okay. So you have two brothers, right? I know, sorry, but you have two, I have two younger brothers, Edward okay. and Sir. Mm -hmm. Okay. And did they ever give you shit growing up? Like, Bill? I was different because I liked all the boy things and I liked all the girl okay. things. So we weren't dissimilar. We always had, mm -hmm. we always liked campy movies. Like yeah, my brothers were like little gay men who aren't gay. I mean, we love, like we watched the first wives club constantly that's amazing all that i mean my brothers can recite every line to that the bird cage i mean that was all okay but we also built forts and beat each other up and mm -hmm. right yeah joe's and treated the backyard like a paintball course we weren't that different even though we were very different so like right. some of my gay friends talk about growing up with their siblings, it's like night and day. Right. I didn't have that. We right. were three kids in three years. I mean, we were in back-to-back -back okay. grades and we were very close. And it wasn't until I got older and, you know, the dial-up internet appeared. <laughs> when do, okay, I can hear the sound I have, right I have now. a big question. This is a big one. And then I start looking things up, the door ah, up. Right. When did you bring your first boyfriend home? And how was that received? Okay, so I go through college. I, 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 it was weird. That's why I brought up the actor Paul Lynn. It's like, I just was. I didn't have a private life that way. I didn't have any gay friends. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that was because, I don't know. I think I just was, even though I was so openly who I am, I didn't want that association with a group that would get targeted by hate even though I was very clearly gay. But were you having relationships? College, I didn't date a boy until after college. And I, you know, whereas a lot of my gay friends had all this time where they sort of figured out themselves out and snuck around and all that. I never had that. I mean, one of my best friends brought my ex-boyfriend to my uh, 25th birthday party when I was living in New York and um, brought him home. And there goes eight years, you know, like, I mean, I just, so yeah. I never had that sort of experience of figuring yourself out. And what I, and it was a very unhealthy relationship, um, but I didn't know any different. And I also oh. thought that my waiting pool to choose from was so tiny that I stuck with it for a long time. And what I thought was potential homophobia on my parents' part, it really wasn't. They just didn't like the person. You're just not a nice guy. Interesting. Right. It took a very long time to realize how much strain I had put on my family because of that relationship. I mean, physically and financially, they bailed me out of innumerable messes. Um, oh, yeah. So I really put them through a lot with that. Um, that makes sense but, in that situation. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it, basically all the breakups and heartache and all the things that my friends had in college. Yeah. Um, I had all that compacted into one relationship. So I entered this relationship very naive and I left very wise. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's always good. a cluster. Right? Exactly. If that's what it took and look at you now. And so, and so you're in a relationship now, right? I am. Yes, I am. And it's, it's such a small world because I, the person who I'm with, 
Will, is um, was one of my best friends before we started dating. So, oh. and I actually met him before I met my ex-boyfriend. Um, wow. He's from Mississippi. Mm-hmm. I'm from North Carolina. <laughs> And the deep south. Hold that over him, or he. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even. I just thought the south was the south. That's right. Why not? Right. South. And they're like, "Oh, you're from up north." I'm like, <laughs> North Carolina. It's like, oh, you might as well be, you know, Canadian. But truly, I mean, once you get to that line, right nowadays is where I see the difference. Yeah. Because of what just happened with the Supreme Court, you yeah. see that line. Y'all are fine. And right. Yeah. Here, y'all are not fine. Louisiana is not fine. And I get this false sense of security because, you know, kind of like Austin is to Texas, New Mm. Orleans is this blue dot in this very, very red Mm -hmm. state. And I'm not meaning that to even be political. It's just a fact. And, you know, everyone that I know in this little bubble can afford to go elsewhere to do other things, but that's the heartache of the whole situation. That's so hard. You were really kind when we came out with that podcast and the things you said to me, messaged, and I really appreciate that. And I think what you were recognizing, and I kind of want to hear your thought on that, and I don't want to get too political and I don't want to name names, but, you know, it felt like uh, that decision to overturn Roe versus Wade felt to me, and I'd like to hear from you, like the tip of an iceberg. And we've already seen the things that are starting to fall or starting to be talked about to fall that are part of that conservative court. And again, let's, let's, let's hold the names out, but you know, you as a gay man living in Louisiana, yeah, And right now, uh, some people feel like, you know, states should decide who's married and who's not, if you're gay. Yeah. To me, civil rights are a federal issue. And mm-hmm. I consider all this under the umbrella of civil rights. Um, now, I understand why states need to make certain fiscal decisions for themselves that do not apply. I mean, people, you know, people from elsewhere just see these beautiful old houses and all these beautiful antiques and these 20 foot ceilings and everything and they think oh new orleans but no girl this is poverty with some mansions so like the fiscal decisions that apply here do not apply in manhattan they don't apply in north carolina they don't they're all very different but civil rights to me is a federal issue Yes, I um, and I think gay, gay rights, women's rights, those are all just civil rights. People right. associate that term with race. It's everything. It's all encompassing. Yeah. That's a very good point. I yeah. haven't thought of it that way, but that's that's a very good point. The thing that upsets me most about the Roe versus Wade thing is the hypocrisy that I'm that I'm seeing where it comes when it comes to you have um, traditional conservatives want less government in your life. Well, what's more invasive than exactly one else's body or home? Right, right, right. I mean, what is more invasive than that? So that era that we had of sort of Bush, Clinton, that's dead. I mean, a lot of our problems could be solved by realizing that what we have now is a, we have human issues. They're not even right. political. Um, we have a crisis in terms of the people who run for office. I mean, each party has taken to this small tent extreme, and those are the people who run for office, essentially for a career. Um, and we vaunt these people who, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. elevate these people who haven't earned that, right, right. in my opinion. And But it, I see how it happened. I mean... Yeah. We also live in this world of cancel culture. So nice people, quote, nice people, they don't run for office anymore on mass. I mean, because why would you? Why would you ruin your life to run for office? You know, that sort of era of serving your country and earning the right to to do that, it's dead. And that's very sad to me. That's sad, but... I keep, we keep searching for ways we can make a difference. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we think, you know, just having a platform of a podcast helps. And sometimes 
I mean, what would what would you think? Just you have a platform, Bill. You yeah, I are, don't use it enough. But I'm just or, or then how would you see yourself making a small just the smallest dip, difference? Maybe it's just right now. Literally. Yeah. We all have our different avenues of activism. And I think my whole thing has always been making being different palatable to the masses. Whereas a lot of people choose to nitpick about this and that. I've always looked at the bigger picture because I realized growing up, I watched the show um, Will and Grace make way more of an impact on people's thoughts and opinions than any sort of legislation. It really did, yeah. That's sort of the way I've always looked at things. Whereas, you know, a lot of my gay friends, of, and of which I do not have enough, quite frankly. Um, Neither do we. <laughs> I just, I'm a bad gay. Like, I don't. <laughs> we're, we don't, even know, we don't even know what we are. We can't even yeah. identify. We don't even know. We just identify as human being women who are in a relationship together. And we don't even know what to call ourselves. Yeah. Basically, we just ended up, I mean, it's like, I was saying Lee and I are in this transitional generation. You know, I just woke up one day and I was accepted. So I was like, oh, okay. So like, I don't need to go plow the gay bar. I don't need to go do this. Why, my mentality has always been, why segregate myself if I don't have to anymore? I think that's a really good Yeah. So I don't relate, like now certain things that are done during Pride Month, for example, I'm glad that there are people who want to put on their Speedo and oil up their little body and... (laughs) Strike down that little beach, good for you, honey. But like, there is no spray tan strong enough, <laughs> no stock in the speedo big enough to get me to do that. Um, but, <laughs> and I take full advantage of the fact that I don't have to, and I appreciate okay. the elders who came before me who truly fought the fight and fought the fight. <laughs> and I don't see enough younger gays, especially gay men, respecting their elders as Mm -hmm. should. Um, I mean, you know, people, uh, we all witnessed a lot of, you know, Lee and I as children, half Mm -hmm. a generation died. Yeah, exactly. And the rights of these youngsters, and I I don't see the respect that's due there. So I know I sound like a 90 year old lady, but I just don't, I'm sort of disenchanted. I think that's a good point. Yeah. They don't have the respect maybe because they don't understand how they got to where they are. Yes. It's, you know, it's just like us talking about women's rights and things like that. People just have always had that. So they don't understand what it took. Well, now we're about to understand. Y'all, I have to these trigger laws are no joke. I have a friend who's in the middle of egg retrieval whose doctor called her crying, like, I'm going to refer you to this clinic in Colorado. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. She was, like, sobbing, like, I don't want you to continue. Right. I'm when I don't really know what, I mean, this is the first time we've had the American Medical Association release a statement, like, our people can't do their job. We don't know what to do. And they're being threatened, oh. too. Yeah. yeah. Who doesn't, I mean, if I think about gosh, all the girls that I know and assuming all the, you know, people who I don't know about, who hasn't needed these services? And I just don't... I, it affects I'm, more services than abortion for sure. Yeah, I think that's what... Yeah. The, the, um, also, like, people, it's, it's mind-boggling to me. To me, social issues are simple. If you do not believe in gay marriage, don't marry a gay person. If you are... <laughs> pro-life don't have an abortion it's really that simple it's really that simple and letting people live their free life we're we we are founded in freedom and it's just a real backslide not even a backslide it's sort of a flip from the opposite of freedom now we're going to take away freedom and that's called a whole thing i don't want to go into right 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 yeah but i want to tell everybody my fellow so many of my fellow gay men are just like you know everyone keeps saying oh well they wouldn't do that oh they wouldn't do that mm-hmm. honey uh-huh. this new supreme court they just did they're not fucking around <laughs> if there's anything you know the winstonian your fellow winstonian my angelou who is my favorite human to ever walk the planet she's like in my top five 
people of the world that have ever lived that I love. The thing she said about when people show you who are who they are, believe them. The first time, Clarence Thomas, they show you. Hey, and his opinion was like, "We're we're coming for you, gay people, yes. people who believe in contraception." <laughs> we're talking about contraception. Yeah, this is back when bra burning was happening in the 60s. And I mean, this is so long ago. It's like, what? And these are our tax dollars that are being spent right. on where all the money. So this is what I don't understand from the conservative perspective. All the money that's going to be spent on digging out this. It's not a conservative. You're a conservative, Phil, aren't you? I mean, aren't you kind of a conservative gay guy? No, I, I really think of everything as... Um, once every party took to an extreme, yeah. I just became like sort of my journalist self where I just analyze everything and all the mm -hmm. hypocrisies. I don't want to glomp onto any sort of side right now because- Glomp I, is such a good word. I don't either. I really don't because truly I feel like, okay, so like if I'm at a dinner with a group of people who mm -hmm. obviously disagree politically, I like to go, guys, guys, guys. Yeah. Take off your labels, mm -hmm. talk about what you actually believe in, and I bet it's 90% of the same shit. Yes. Exactly. It always is. It always is. And that's why we just need to keep talking, right? People need to remove those labels and talk because I don't know, I don't have one Republican friend who wanted Roe versus Wade overturned. Not one. Right. And I don't have one. Democratic friend who truly wants to live in a so under a socialist regime. So it's like, do you know, do you see what I'm saying? Sure, yeah, no, we're all on the same page. We're just in some kind of spell. It almost feels like a spell. Yes. You know? Part of it is because parties will not get rid of pandering to yeah. certain demographics. And to a certain, to a certain point they both parties have kind of gotten what they've asked for. Yes. As, you know, people used to follow political playbooks to pander to get elected. And now like each side kind of got what they asked for. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's scary. And so you, my fellow Tar Heel, Will, Will you were a journalism major. I was. Yeah. And you've been in television. So tell everybody a little bit about your, you know, why you're so damn smart about all this and interested in it. I went to the journalism school at UNC Chapel Hill. As Lee, your podcast host, also was a <laughs> uh, You know, uh, none of the journalistic ethics we were taught in journalism school are even followed. I mean, I don't see anyone who follows them. It's crazy. I mean, and I think a lot of- the News is now all opinionated. It's not- I, I do, um, yeah. for the most part. I mean, the biggest problem we have now is the time it takes to be fully informed. Right. Um, I don't have kids. I don't do not have a normal nine to five job. So I have the time to do all this. Most people don't. And that's really sad. I mean, a lot of people grew up with, I, Liz, I know you look 14, but, <laughs> but I'm 68. No, I'm not, I'm not saying age. What I'm just saying is you and my mom. Yes. Walter Cronkite. Like, he read through the news. I did. I really liked him too. He was very, mm -hmm. he was good. But he, that he, he just gave you the news. Yeah. yeah. And we don't live in that world anymore. I'm yeah. going to flip it from um, social, well, political, excuse me, to social. So you are an internet, I don't know, presence, entertainer. I'm not going to use the damn word influencer. Don't but you're... <laughs> <laughs> you're not selling anything yeah. are you are you an influencer i know it's a waste but y'all you, you should have a kim kardashian size following to make real money on that's like true four hundred dollars to like post you know a picture yeah. of myself in crops <laughs> oh but it's that wouldn't happen i would actually pay money to see you in crops so <laughs> you can watch him shower outside on the streets of new Orleans. oh my god <laughs> But I guess my question is, you are discerning enough, old enough, intelligent enough to dismiss the noise and the negativity that comes from a place like social media and Instagram. 
how do you expect the younger generations to deal with this? Or, and what do you say? Would you say to them? Like, give them advice. Them. Give them advice. No idea how people raise children nowadays. I don't either. So I'm like, what would you do? I mean, somebody, you know, oh, mama, someone said, you know, because remember when we were kids and like, yeah. it was always the person who ruined the tooth fairy, you know, like, yeah. yeah. whose parents and the kid in the neighborhood whose parents gave him $100 a tooth and every other parent was like, Fuck you. <laughs> like, that's kind of the way I look at this. It's like I, most people I know want to delay access to all that as long as possible with their kids. And then you have like the rich redneck. Yeah. Has their kids' iPhones at age six. And then everyone's like, oh my God, mom, please. Like, if everybody kind of banded together yeah. and said, look, we're all going to say it's going to be age, whatever, 14, yeah. 16, uh, 18. Me as someone who is such a hypocrite when it comes to social media, <laughs> I like, hate these people, but I am one of these people. So it's kind of like, fuck. Um, and I don't even like talking about it. Now here I am talking about it. <laughs> no, because I asked you. And it's like when a comedian refers to themselves as funny, you're like, yeah. Really? Funny if you're calling yourself funny. Well, but since you are an influencer, if I'm like, I'm an influencer. You're not. But since you're not an influencer, but you are an funny as hell and an entertainer, and I'm everybody's following you that I know, and more people should pick you up, not pick you up, but follow you. Um, I, I mean, get with the kids, and I do need to use that platform better. I do. No shoulds. I don't think so. I think, I think what you said a, a while back where yeah. you said, I am just being myself. Mm -hmm. yes. And for you to be yourself makes other people do the same yes. thing. Just being authentic. You are authentic. Oh, it's so funny how many people assume things based on that. I'll get these inboxes from like creepy old men. Like, will you send me pictures of your feet? Wow. Whoa, 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 that's creepy. Like, you do like your legs, Phil. Let's all talk about the legs for a minute. And I'll respond. I know. I mean, he's girl. got some great legs. You could have been a Rockette. I mean. Girl, I want to be a Rockette. I know you do. Time. Speaking, speaking of, of the Rockettes, yes. get yeah. backup Rockette. Who? Dina Lohan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the point about... All the useless knowledge. You, you know, know. know I have all the knowledge that is useless. <laughs> you got it. But any final advice for young people hopping on social media? I mean, really. Um, look, okay. I just think that this is such a complicated situation. I yeah. do not see how people grow up with this nowadays. I switch schools a lot. So I can't relate to not being able to reinvent yourself mm. in a way like having growing up with that just accruing and never never getting a do-over it's just a problem in general and i don't i just i i, I don't even know how to say yeah. it you know yeah. what i mean yeah I wouldn't, what, I wouldn't even know what to do right and that's uh, what the doesn't end. right do you think you'll ever have children of your own i used to be very very direct about wanting children um the pandemic kind of made me think <laughs> yeah. I don't know because how did you all survive the last okay. two and a half years with kids I, I don't even I don't even know what to say I know I end up being just a good uncle which I'm fine yeah. with now but I will say it does make me sad to see my siblings with their children, especially my younger brother, Suri, one of his children is identical to me as a child. Yeah. And so watching him with her, I'm like, oh my God, that could be my child. And I have a very visceral reaction. Right. Right. So basically I want to reserve the right to take advantage sure. of that I do not have a womb. <laughs> and we'll- But we know people that do. What? Yeah. I could still do it. Oh. Yes, honey. Oh. That's a baby, me and you. Liz, I want to know where you got it. And you know what I mean? I'm talking about that potion that Meryl and Goldie drank and death becomes her. You sold your soul to Rosalini and you drank that potion. Oh my God. 
Can you imagine the news if it was Liz Hilliard surrogate for Phil and Will? If her insides look like her outsides, Lord, honey, they are sparkling shiny. What a blast that would be. Oh my God. Well, I mean, does it make you think, because I do always hate asking like, oh, will y'all get married now? But with kind of the precipice of rights getting taken away, do you feel an urgency or need to get married? What's interesting is actually this, sort of came up uh, recently. I was, Will and I were at the beach with some friends and um, when all of this was sort of coming out and Will is so tuned out of the news. He's a builder, so he's been unprecedentedly busy. Um, And, you know, with labor shortages and ordering, I mean, he's so busy. So he truly didn't know, doesn't know anything's coming out. And I just announced in front of everyone if there ends up having to be some sort of negotiation, like, okay, we'll leave those who are married, married, like a grandfathered in marriage rights situation. Oh, wow. Then I would, then I would want to get married. Right. Yeah. Yes. But it kind of took away my favorite part about being gay. All of this, it was like, oh, nobody's going to ask me when are you getting married. Nobody's asking right. when are you going to have children. And of course now, you know, it's just yeah. assumed. I think we just asked you the two questions. <laughs> yes, if if there was going to be a grandfathered in situation, I would want to be married. Yes. Mm-hmm. But without it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It, it, it is yeah. kind of weird though, if it, if it did become like a state thing, like in North Carolina it was legal, but in Louisiana one, I guess if you got married in North Carolina, you, and you went to Louisiana, you couldn't be married there. No, that's the thing about, that's the thing about it. Civil rights are a real issue, period. 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 And I think that's the takeaway. That is the takeaway. All of this follow, falls under the umbrella of civil rights. Yes. Yes, oh, I agree. Totally agree. Well, you can just come with us on our next trip to Italy because we decided we were going to get married there because it's just so fabulous. It's what? so cool. It's so fabulous. <laughs> Yeah. So it's so fabulous. Oh, oh girl. Yeah. Can I be the flower girl? <laughs> You'd be perfect. Always. I always wanted to be the flower girl. Wear, wear your pink and bring your uh, Maverick outfit too. That yeah. Maverick outfit. Weird. Like, <laughs> no, it's awesome. How many times did you see Top Gun so far? Three. Good. Three? Good. Yes. Yeah. But El- I might like Elvis. Elvis. Tell me about Elvis before we get off. Elvis, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? I, I love my mind. Love it. Boggle my mind. Obsessed with this actor. I did Obsessed. a little bit. Like, you can tell during that, because he took on that persona during yeah, COVID. Yeah. I did an Austin Butler deep dive. And him before and him now, it's like he can't get rid of some of the Elvis. Like, yeah, really? He can't? This is not a bad thing, by the way. No. No, ain't nobody loins quiver like the king, honey. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Okay, well, um, tell us more summer tips. Okay, we want to know what's the best thing to drink this summer because you always have good construction. What are you having now? But what are you? Well, what I have right here is a light sparkling rose situation. Okay, but my drink of choice is. Is a fresca and tequila, a fresquila. Yeah. Like, like a calorie free Paloma, if you will. Is it calorie free? Is fresca calorie free? Fresca is a diet drink, honey, and people don't realize that. They have a branding crisis. I've noticed. They, apparently, I didn't know this. Oh, okay. So, I don't drink a lot of soft drinks. The anyway. first time I ever had it was my aunt had it at the beach cottage when I was little, and I was like, what is that? And I became obsessed with it. And it had the old school label. And then I watched it evolve. And I've seen them try to rebrand. You know, Tab was officially done away with last year, which destroyed me. Yeah. I used to $60 for a case. On the wow. Oh my God. It's like basically being like, here's your privilege. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have kids to raise, guys. But um, I, so I thought the same thing was going to happen to Fresca. I thought it was going to be gone. So it's my favorite mixer. And they were trying to rebrand it as like a sparkling water, but it's really a diet. Fresca. We're going to try that with tequila. We like tequila ever since we went to Mexico, right? (laughs) Or what I did for the first time. So Fresca tequila 
yeah. with lime and then basil mint, whatever you've got around. Ooh, it's just divine yeah. and easy. And as you probably know, tequila is the only uh, alcohol that affects the nervous system as an upper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, Always a good thing. It explains a lot of nights if you really like listen for it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that was tequila. Yeah. <laughs> Are you like a classic entertainer gay man? That's one of the things that was so weird about moving into this house when I did is I moved into this house two weeks before the world shut down. Oh, wow. And I was so excited. I mean, this is the perfect host house in terms of, you know, like whenever y'all come Yes. Hey, in your guest quarters, which are available, that everything is just laid out. This is an entertaining house because these old houses here mm -hmm. in New Orleans, they're built for the way people used to live, right. where you used your living room, you used your dining room. So the, the way we use space, space nowadays is so small in this house. Right. So basically because of the pandemic, no, I haven't entertained like I wanted to. And I've, yeah. you know, we've had little blips of hope, like, oh, everything's fine. <laughs> Yes, I have parties. Yes, I'm definitely the stereotype when it comes to entertaining. Using citrus from the yard, using herbs from the yard, all the things. Yeah. But I just can't wait to like do that consistently. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you love most about living in New Orleans? The sense of fun here that people have mm -hmm. is sort of just like being a gay man. It's like you have an excuse. You're like, oh, I'm gay. Like I get to, I get to be a fun person. <laughs> I'm not to touch on, I'm not trying to say like, oh, lesbians are not fun. Huh? Is that what you're going to say? Lesbians are oh, not fun. Oh my God. Funny. Paranoia has set here. No, no, no. Because <laughs> remember, remember, we don't actually identify, but we. The little actual alcoholism, that was just a joke. I just feel like I can't make jokes anymore. But just the sense of fun of this town. It, this is definitely home to me now, yeah. but I need to leave it to appreciate it. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm looking out this window and I see, we don't have reliable garbage pickup kids. Like, exactly. I, I, you know, like, you know, the, the sanitation worker broke the garbage can again. It's like, I have to buy another one. I mean, things that you take for granted in the first world. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You feel, yeah, you feel a little third wor world down there, yeah. I mean, my parking spot's the same hole, ladies. This place was yeah. but I have a sinkhole. You know, so you have to pay your taxes, huh? They line in pockets. They line <laughs> in pockets. They're lying in pockets. In fact, our um, our attorney general, who is currently under investigation, the trial is going on right now. Oh, this is one of the only towns that I know of where people actually watch local news, and I have a good friend here. Who's That's great. Here. That's really good. Everyone watches their local news because it's entertaining and terrifying. Yeah, wow. <laughs> it's like the perfect train wreck. Entertainment through COVID. Um, okay, 180 to a serious question. And it's, do you feel like there is something in your life, either an event or a person that shaped who you are? Yeah, my mother. Oh. Um, we're the same person, except I look just like my dad, who oh. passed away in, in January. Um, sorry, God. I know, no, that's that was tough. I, so, yeah, this is the thing like to have you know, to grow up in a relatively conservative family and not have being me an issue like it was a non issue. I put this thing in my head that it was going to be so hard forever. And it, well, I mean, I, I had a dad in his 80s who was like, Where's your boyfriend? You know, <laughs> oh, I love that. So, it, so you know, it was it was very special, and I didn't know, you know, the things that I thought were potential homophobia growing up were just him thinking it was normal to ask me these things. You know, yeah. well, uh, you look at the boys and you look at the girls. <laughs> yeah. like, assuming it was very freeing once I put in my head that gay is not a bad word. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's this mind shift. It's like, you know, you used to figure we're gay. Yeah. yeah. And now it's like when you put it in your mind so that it's not a bad word, it changes a lot. And I know I'm going down the, but yeah, my mother, you know, she was such a unique uh, mom growing up where, you know, in my hometown, 
it was sort of in fashion to be this sort of verbal, um, it was cool, it was cool to be this verbal Christian right person with word, not D. Okay. It was this movement in my age group. And then I saw my mom was always friends with the people who did not said. Do you know what I mean? Right. They, they were friends with their actions, not their words. Mm -hmm. And you know, I grew up with a mom who you know, that kind of stuff was private. Um, mm -hmm. I would ask her, you know, mom, who do you vote for? That is private. Was her <laughs> Yeah, she's an old school lady like that. Um, mm -hmm. and, um, and I would say, well, mom, are you a Republican or a Democrat? Because I believe in checks, checks and balances. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great and answer. And that's really what you believe in. <laughs> yeah. And so like she has, she's like a chameleon politically yeah. friends. It's like she has these very liberal friends who think she's very liberal. She has these mm -hmm. conservative friends who think she's very conservative. I just was raised in that, in that way. Um, and so that's kind of how I am, how I am. And then a lot of my little old Southern sayings, I steal them all from her. Basically, yeah. I, I just, you know, quasi-profit off of her material. <laughs> I think that's the greatest compliment for your mother. <laughs> Give us one. Let's Just see. Oh my God, y'all are going to love this. <laughs> when my brothers and I would like beat each other up and stuff and be like, fuck you, da, 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 whatever. And unlike most moms, she didn't like beat us for that. She didn't really say anything. But then I came home from school one day and I said, mom, so-and-so's pregnant. She goes, what did you say? And I said, uh, pregnant? <laughs> she goes, oh, horrible word. <laughs> no. And I was like, the mom who didn't spank me for saying fuck you got mad when I said pregnant? This is awesome. Horrible word. She is expecting or she is with child. No, like Mother Mary. Oh my God, I love no. your mother. That I love so, your mother. So Let's get her on. That word pregnant is way too clinical. <laughs> Oh my god! I love that. That's amazing. I'm happy about the situation. <laughs> wow! Good to know when we if we ever meet her mom. Because you know now when I hear there ever since that when I hear the word pregnant I hear it's pregnant. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's tacky. So if we, if we have a baby, Phil, we won't say we're pregnant. I'll just say we're uh, expecting. We're expecting. <laughs> Oh I love God. it. This is that's great. So funny. Well, that's so much. Regular thing. I think this is fun. It is so fun. And I like, I think it's just really important for people to hear your perspective on probably, I would say, growing up in a life of privilege and still being yourself and honoring who you are. And that we are all, you take the words and the labels away and we are all humans with the, all of these civil rights, that that's what we should care about instead of everybody being so sided. And that's the thing, y'all. This is what we're getting, what our culture is getting, what they asked for. Like, nobody wants these things that are happening. Like right. when you survey the American public, 80% of people did not want this to happen. I don't know one Republican who wanted this is way to overturn. Not one. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I can't, this is what happens when we allow ourselves to be pulled into this label. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. It should be issue, not party. You know, yes. issue, not person. Mm -hmm. So disappointing. You know yeah, what I mean? I we all pick special interests and people disappoint. It's, it's ideas and policy. Do you know right. what I mean? Yeah. And I was going to ask you, do you have a piece of advice for parents, you know, who are struggling with anything with their children, not even gay or lesbian, or for children who are struggling being themselves? And you kind of answered that, but would you say anything different? Just let them evolve. I mean, the world that we live in now, they're being pulled in so many directions. You have one sort of mindset saying, oh, you know, let your child change their gender if you want to. And then you have one side being like, oh, that's horrible. Just let them be, let them evolve and see where they go. I mean, I had a mom who let me play with the girl toy and the boy, boy toy. Right? I love that. So it was kind of like, just let your children be. Put it all on the floor and let them pick what they want. 
Yes, which is what most people I know mm-hmm. do to their children and probably y'all as well. I mean, okay. these stereotypes that we've allowed ourselves to be pulled into are not accurate. Well, Absolutely. And so we need to encourage people that we know maybe to run for office that yeah. Absolutely. do not mind being eviscerated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> having their interiors exposed to the world. And think about it, like the only people who've spoken out are the people who can afford to lose their jobs. Exactly. Mitt Romney speaking out because he can afford to lose his job. John McCain would speak up because his wife owns the Budweiser distributorship in their home state. He could afford to lose his job. Mm -hmm. Um, Liz Cheney can afford to lose her job. Right. So... It'd be interesting to see what happens to her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The people who are speaking up are people who can afford to lose their jobs, and that is sad. Yeah, it's sad. Well, I think you two should run for office. I do too. We can have a child and we can run for office. It'll be fabulous. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Family values. Yes. Exactly. Your platform. Exactly. Amazing. <laughs> What are, do you have anything, speaking of evolving and letting people go, anything on the horizon, exciting, coming up, personally, or? Well, yeah, I'm getting out of this heat bubble tomorrow. I'm okay, where are you headed? Maine for the, getting out of the state for the first time this summer, going to Kennebunkport, Maine tomorrow. Beautiful. Um, good. And it's been too long since I've left, so yeah. I'm excited about that. But yeah, I mean, that's that's what I've got going on. And then I'm going to see my family in North Carolina. We're going to do like sort of our family beach week. Nice. Um, the next week. And then um, I'm going to go to my cousin's wedding in Colorado. So the next weekend. So it's like, I've literally just been in this overheated swamp. And now I'm getting the fuck out. Get out, baby. Get out, baby. And be sure to give your mother my fondest regards she sounds like my kind of woman i i will oh thank you phil this you was are such a pleasure and a treasure and yeah. a treasure yeah we can do it all the time yeah let's do it again scratch the surface with you ladies <laughs> i know there's a lot more we could talk about you know once summer's over big bob will be oh, we, we've got to come back and see what he's wearing a yes. yeah. yeah right right for winter. And what is the fall drink? But don't tell us because we'll wait. We'll wait for the fall yes. drink. The fall yeah. Perfect. And we'll Perfect. all make it and we'll sit down and have this podcast again. So y'all for the rest of summer, hoard your fresca. Hoard. Yes. I like that word. We're going to hoard fresca. The one takeaway. Not, takeaway. It's not everywhere. Y'all do have the benefit of Harris Teeter there in Charlotte, though, which always has fresca. Perfect. Ah, well, one tip. We're going today. <laughs> we love you, Phil. Thank love you for you. being you and being so sweet and amazing. Thank you so much for like including me in your fun. Anytime. We love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to us today, wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can now find our podcast on YouTube. Yeah. If you liked it, please share, rate, and review. We love five stars. And we hope you'll work out with us online or in studio at hilliardstudiomethod.com.